and welcome to Dekai Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 132. I'm your host, Joel, and joining me live on the line all the way from, uh, wow, I'm sorry, I'm a little out of today, from <laughs> Massachusetts, is Jace. <laughs> uh, live from Unstable, Massachusetts. Yay! <laughs> I didn't actually know that was the name of the, the town. Unstable? Unstable, yes. Uh, it's, it's a you little literally town. live in a place called Unstable. No, but I mean, I like saying that I live there. It's it's kind of like how people uh, in uh, Newport area of uh, Rhode Island, so, you know, very rich, very fancy, people will start, like, going around Rhode Island to, uh, you know, sightsee and stuff, and people from outside of New England will go there and ask to find, like, where is Quahog located from Family Guy? Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who used to work at a uh, at a country club that would get those questions, she would give them directions like every time, just different directions to the middle of just nowhere. Random areas. Yeah, basically. Incredible. <laughs> so people ask where I'm from, and it's like, oh, I'm from Unstable, Massachusetts. So and people believe it because it does kind of sound like how we have weirdly pronounced locations like Barnstable, you know. <laughs> it's like parts unknown from wrestling, but that's a completely different conversation for uh when we talk wrestling during random junk here on uh, digital era, <laughs> I'm from Rockville. I am from Rockville, and that is indeed the same Rockville that REM told you to not go back to. <laughs> so, uh, I, I didn't even realize that that was a thing, actually. <laughs> yep. I don't even know how many people even remember our, that song or REM at this point in time because we're old. I remember R.E.M., but that's just me in the corner. I I actually have never listened to any R.E.M. It was just <laughs> it was something I totally missed. It was never my style, never my scene. And I heard of it secondhand when people were like, oh, is that that Rockville? I was like, maybe, I don't know. And then I looked it up and sure enough, it was the same Rockville. How about that? Huh. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't know much about like so-called like bands referencing at least where I live. Like, like there's one song I ever heard was called like, uh, I think it was called Entering Marion. It was like a ragtime song. Um, ragtime? Yeah, it was a comedian. It was a ragtime song uh, played on piano. And it's it's a little raunchy just because it's a play on names, you know, because it's uh, Entering Marion, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, very yeah. funny. Yes. Uh, place names in Massachusetts that have, uh, you know, people names. So uh, I believe the the pun at the end was entering Dennis. So uh, uh-huh. was the last the last verse of the song started off or had like ended with that. It's like I knew I took a wrong turn somewhere when I found out I was entering Dennis. I was like, well, that was humorous, local humor. <laughs> well, anyways, with that little vamp out of the way, uh, I have not actually watched a single episode of anime this week, Jace. I am I about to fall behind little... <laughs> real bad because not only has this week been super busy for me, I've been working on a lot of things, including uh, the script adaptation for our radio drama, Bob's Burgers Thanksgiving Stravaganza, which is going to be next Saturday, which I still haven't finished because I've been so busy. I've even fallen behind on that, which I'm <laughs> hoping to finish today or like Monday because I'm going to fall behind even more because starting on Saturday, it is the annual Desert Bus for Hope Charity Marathon, a marathon that is very near and dear to my heart, one that I always make sure to plug. If we can get a shout out, it is just Desert Bus here on Twitch. Um, it is, in actuality, if you trace things back, 
technically, from what I can tell, the first subathon ever. Huh. Original subathon. Because yeah, the way yeah. that uh, Desert Bus works, have you heard of Desert Bus, Jace? Yeah, I have actually. I had a friend who was obsessed with it. Uh, oh, yeah, it's day. so good. It's yeah. so good. Uh, it is a charity marathon run by the amazing folks over at Loading Ready Run. It's a Canadian comedy troupe, and it raises money for uh, Child's Play, which is a fantastic organization that gets games and support and resources to kids in hospitals, in domestic violence shelters all around the world. And the way it works is that they play the game Desert Bus, which is the unreleased mini game for Penn and Teller's Smoke and Mirrors, which has you driving from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada in real time at 45 miles an hour. And that is a eight hour drive. It is a straight road. There is no traffic. There are no obstacles, but your bus has a slide list to the left. So you need to always be making sure to keep it on the road because if you uh, stop on the road, your bus will overheat. If you go off the road, you'll get stuck in overheat and then be dragged back to the station. The trip is eight hours long. And if you make it from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada, you get one point. And then you do the return trip. And it returns ad nauseum because it was, long story short, made as a parody game because uh, back in the 90s, the general attorney at the time in the United States had said that games should be more like real life and help prepare kids <laughs> for uh, being contributing members of society. And Penn and Teller said, well, no, screw that. The whole point of games is to have fun and do things that you can't do in real life. So they made the most real, boring game they could, and that was just driving a bus from nowhere to nowhere, or well, I won't call Tucson or Vegas nowhere, but it's in the middle of nowhere because it was just a stretch of desert. And to play this terrible, terrible game, they will play it for one hour for $1. And then yep. the second hour costs a dollar and seven cents. And then it compounds by 7% every hour. So the first day or so costs about 50 bucks. Pretty easy. Yep. But by the time they get to day six, six and a half, the next hour costs sixty thousand dollars. Wow! And uh, this is, I believe, going to be a Desert Bus sixteen. I'm, I forget which it is, but they have raised over eight million dollars lifetime wow. for Child's Play charity and a million dollars each of the past two years. And it is just twenty four hours a day, nonstop. That it, they have the bus in the corner to show that they're still playing. But what it essentially is is just a twenty four seven, crazy variety show donathon where they'll do giveaways and skits. They have special guests. They've just got so many cool things, and that you can just literally tune in at any point in time in the day. And it is a soul cleansing experience and something that I greatly look forward to every year. So. I will probably also not be watching as much anime next week because I'll be watching <laughs> Desert Bus because it, it happens one week a year and it is always uh, usually like the second to third week of November. Um, uh, of course, so the, I'm a little bit behind and probably going to fall a little <laughs> bit more, but that just means that the week of Thanksgiving, I'm just going to be able to binge on good food and good anime. <laughs> yeah, I fell a little behind this week. There have been some stuff in my uh, my personal life that's kind of uh, you know some car issues and uh, some potential uh, freelance work that has kind of uh, gummed up the works with uh, negotiations and stuff like that. You know, boring lifey things that are uh, you know both good and bad. So uh, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you add them both. What do you have? I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. Uh but anyways so. hey for those of you who are still watching anime <laughs> uh there has really been a lot of good stuff this season but 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I, hey, I'm I looking forward to getting things. back to this stuff. I was keeping up with the, the the few things that are continuing. So like the things that are new as of this season, um, just starting this season, I still need to catch up on. So everything from like Chainsaw Man to, uh, uh, you know, like, but like the most recent episodes of say like Spy Family or My Hero, you know, and Mob Psycho, like, yeah, I've watched those. I don't know why I I've watched those because I'm already invested. But the shows yeah, that, that I was the shows I was so hyped to watch this season that are new this season, I've fallen behind. behind. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the very least, that I prior to this week been caught up with all of my. Let me double check my anime list: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11. So I'm only keeping, I say only, quote unquote, only keeping up with 11 this season. That doesn't wow. actually count Mob Psycho, which I do need to add. And I have been keeping up with all of those prior to this week. So I'm not actually that far behind. So but we're actually, one we're actually behind, on, uh, on, on par with each other because when I added Mob Psycho into mine, I'm at 12. Mm, yep because so, because i looked at the list that i had been watching with marissa and it was nine and then i went wait a second spy family my hero mob psycho 12 <laughs> occasionally dipping back to watch uh legend of mana which continues to just hit the sweet spot every time i watch that show because of the nostalgia to hear the music that i heard when i played that game back in the day in full orchestra at those moments it mm. is so good like i i say it i say it every week if you have not played the game it is a classic action rpg it is square vintage squaresoft at its best um its sequel is better but this is the one that we got in the united states we didn't get Sagan and Densetsu 3 until like only a couple of years ago, officially in English. <laughs> so this is the better known of the series worldwide. And yeah, I keep saying Legend of Mana. If you feel like getting that good old hit of RPG nostalgia in seeing something beautiful, it's not something I keep up with week to week because I know the story. But when I do watch it, oh man, I love it. <laughs> Hell, I mean, uh, I, I saw something, I was on Netflix the other day and I saw another anime pop up and I'm like, I don't even remember seeing this on the season list. Like, what the heck is this? Like, I can't even remember the there title. There could be something squirrely there. I do remember that we released something this week that I saw, um, like in some of the internal I, I threw, communications. I of like, hey, this queue. launches this week. And the, the fact that it's not a broadcast one probably messes with the sites that we Romantic use in terms of our, yep that's the one that's the one and yeah, it, I, since I it's not a broadcast it, one apparently a rom-com yeah i've i've heard that it's pretty good uh, i haven't actually seen it myself but yeah. since it's not broadcast not conventional that it probably either got omitted or categorized yeah. differently it like it's a sometimes stuff, dropped, so yeah sometimes things like that get shuffled into the ova categories of yeah. the types of sites that we use i haven't checked to see if that's what happened in this case but i'm not shocked to see that it wound up being blipped over i mean uh rom-com with uh at least the lead in the cast is uh ryo takahashi uh and she's like in everything so i mean at least there's one super recognizable uh person in the cast um the artwork looked kind of cool i like rom-coms 
Living her best single life, romance is the last thing on Anzu's mind, until a tiny matchmaking wizard suddenly turns her life into a cliched rom-com. I don't know where the killer comes into play in that title, but I mean, like, yeah, it's, a, it's enough to have me a little curious, like what a little like Mr. Mixel Spitlick type character turns her life into a rom-com like, OK, like I'm I'm intrigued. I'll watch an episode of this uh, once I've caught up with everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just on top of having to catch up on Jojo uh, part six, season two. Uh, or, or jo however the hell you want to word it, the last drop of JoJo episodes before the next drop happens inevitably in a few weeks on Netflix. Because, my God, I do not want to have to be sitting through like 20 episodes of JoJo back-to-back -back on top of keeping on top of all these shows. <laughs> so, uh, there's just too many good animes these days. I can't take it. Meanwhile, there is actually something that should be celebrated today that happened in the world of anime, and that is uh, Ash Ketchum is now the world champion of Pokemon. Wow. That, perhaps unsurprisingly, the big you know world championship saga that's been going on where uh, he's been battling against champions of previous regions and that uh, just that whole Pokemon journeys series has finally come to a head. And uh, Ash Ketchum did indeed defeat Leon and has become the world champion for the first time in 25 years, which is really cool. And it now sort of begs the question, okay, are they going to send Ash into the sunset? Like, is this the end of the Ash Ketchum era with him having accomplished that goal? Is he going to be written off as a red character now of just, you know, he now becomes sort of this elusive mentor power character that you might see cameos of and that we now start following a new character in the upcoming anime for Scarlet and Violet. So because will especially he, will he and, become and the thing the is it could be Cynthia. <laughs> Sorry, say again. Will he become the anime's answer to Cynthia in the games? Well, he, he already did that. He beat Cynthia in the anime in this arc. True. true. So, um, <laughs> but it, it makes me think that of all times they could do this because the whole setting of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is that you're uh, a student at a school and that isn't could we generally see going to vibe. Oh, there's no way he'd be a professor. No, no, no. But maybe like some sort of teacher or something. Maybe no, no. He's like, still 10 years old. Yeah, true. Good point. So guest lecturer, maybe. No, <laughs> he, he would be overseas in a different region as reigning champion. He might visit the Paldea region and mm. be seen by the characters. But it is the first time that I look at this and say, if they wanted to write in a new main character in the Pokemon anime, this would be the most logical time. They have not announced anything one way or another, so this is entirely speculatory at this point in time. I but mean, they've kind of the, had... The mere, the mere concept that it's possible is just so foreign. It's weird because they've played with soft reboots here and there because oh, they've like, done it at countless times for 25 years at every season he, i mean he makes it to the league he always beats every gym leader he's always gotten to the end of the season as a very respectable trainer and then resets well i mean because legitimately um there was the one season 
I forget the female companion's name. It was the brunette girl. Um, May after after dawn. So uh, we're talking. I think Pokemon Black and White. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, where literally Ash in those first few episodes of that story arc is back to being a dumb. I'm gonna throw a ball at it and not even try to fight. It's like, didn't you make it to the Elite Four and like almost ev- like yeah, in every uh, season Serena? before that? That was it. Yeah, yeah. Like he literally like reset mentally. Yeah, and then, you know, he then ends up facing like the regional Pidgey version or just one of the starter Pokemon and that he and Pikachu actively struggle against it. Yeah. And, and it's, that, it's no, funny they, because but, like, but that's the thing. They've done this for 25 years or not. They, they could very much in, just uh, do it again. Moon too. Yeah. Sun yeah, and Moon yeah, was the, another one they, when they changed no, the art They style. do this. They've done it in Johto. They did it in Hoenn. It has been every couple years. So I could very well see in a year's time that we have Scarlet Violet and Ash Ketchum is still our protagonist. That, you know, they've done this stuff literally for two and a half decades. So I would not put it past them to do it again. I think but it is more the simple fact. That, but it is simply the fact that it's a question at this moment. Is, I think... Uh... For an exchange student type thing, he's going to wind up going over oh, there like to study abroad, maybe. Now, that's what I think they're going to do now. That Ash is a foreign exchange student because he's going to be enrolled at the school. That's the answer. Yeah, that's I, they're they're getting experimental with these reboots ever since they kind of got experimental game wise with Sun and Moon by setting it in Hawaii with not traditional gyms but rather the trials and it was more like yeah, but the they, they went back to gyms yeah but then they went back to gyms you know i mean like but the thing is, is that was them experimenting and i think now they're ready to push the envelope even further with experimenting and now we're just seeing our little boy grow up uh, and go off to college and he's he's studying abroad now i guess hey. in uh Paldi. <laughs> hey hey we had dual academy a Pokemon Academy, frankly, is way more logical than a dual academy because that's animal sciences. It's biology. Yeah. You're going to be studying all different types of, you know, like energy, not just battling. And, you know, there, we see in the Pokemon world that there's industry that is done in tandem oh, yeah. with Pokemon that the idea of, well, the idea of a Pokemon school has already been done. They had it as something as far back as Gen 1 of just like a normal school, not quite to the degree of what they're doing in Scarlet Violet. But anyways, we're getting a bit off topic yeah, here. It's... So, But hey, this actually works as a really good segue into our main topic of today, which is game elements in anime. So I suppose we might as well just start from the top because generally speaking, most of what we're going to be focusing on today is the presence of video game mechanics in anime so things where you have stats and levels sometimes more explicitly than others but i suppose we can sort of start and have this uh, passing mention of pokemon and say they don't really involve the game mechanics that you you have typing sort of and they say yes it's more effective and that's that's a logical progression of this is a being that is fire and this thing is a being that shoots water and yes water is going to douse fire but you don't really have levels or experience or the normal 
uh, any sort of numerical mechanics. There's one episode in the first season of Pokemon where a character, at, funny enough, at one of those schools says, oh, your Pikachu should be level 25 by now. There is no context to any of it, and it is never mentioned again. It's funny because actually they do keep some sort of gamey elements to it to a degree because every time Ash competes, usually in a major competition, like we're talking the big tournaments or in a like more complex venue, if there's some sort of display screen or scoreboard, some bizarre they reason sort of an they have a health bar. bar. <laughs> that, that's, that's true. But no, that's a little I bit of a meta that, moment there. Yeah, I, I sort of look at that and say that's in sports. You see stats being displayed. I'm guessing and, it'd be like a judge just kind of estimating. Yeah, that this is OK. Taking a glance at this at this Pikachu after being hit by this move that it seems to be around here because they never do numbers that you are right. It's yeah. just a colored bar. It's the and opposite it's, of martial yeah. arts where martial arts, you score a point upon hitting your opponent. In this case, they deduct points, I guess, which would be the hit. Yeah, points it, that it, it's based just on the attack health. hitting. Yeah, status. Uh, yeah, but I don't really consider that gamification there. But an uh, odd little meta moment. It's not for sure full blown. Like we're not talking about where they straight up reference a game and be like, you know, yeah, we are in a world yet we are doing game things. Yeah, so. no, but they do that sure as heck in a lot of anime, especially a lot of isekais. Oh, I yeah. suggested Jace that before today's episode, you take a chance and watch an episode or two of log horizon were you able to i got through the first episode uh before i got a little busy with some stuff today and while yeah it was eye-rollingly isekai with with the same set like basically it seems like this was one of the early ones though that the original let me see i think i kind of roll my eyes at isekai because every single one ever since sword art online tried to be dot hack has tried to kind of chase sword out online or be better than it. And I just keep putting dot hack on a pedestal because I am a dot hack fanatic, but like, <laughs> and so I, but, and I put log rise on a pedestal. I've not seen uh dot hack, but I put it on a pedestal over, um, uh, sword art online because, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just on so a different better. level. And, and also the characters are better. The story's better. But anyways, also the for dating purposes, that dub yeah, was the, great, actually. And that, that one was done by Sentai way back yeah. in the day because season one I of Log Horizon <laughs> aired in 2013, which was only two years after SAO. So this was still very, very early on yeah. in the era of Isekai as we know it today. Um, yeah. And also, once again, it is a light novel adaptation. So I haven't checked the publishing dates to see when that is in relativity to Sword Art Online, but. It's one of the old ones. These, this is one of the ones that helped really establish a lot of the things that we now know as tropes, at least in anime, that uh, obviously yeah. they had the light novels before it. But also one of the most banger openings in history. That Database opening was holds up to this day. Great. Yeah. So good. I like that's what drew me in pretty damn quickly, actually, was the opening. I was like, Okay, this this right here is my jam. Like this is the kind of stuff I they live have for. used database as the opening for all three seasons because they know they're not going to top it. So they're just not trying. 
Yeah. And I respect that. If you know you've got a good thing, that they've changed the background animation. That oh, They've wow. updated that season by season. Sure, sure. It's not just, all right, we're literally importing it. But it's, we've got an opening. It's become something iconic for us. We know that we are known for it. We're just going to keep it. Why so, fix something that's not broken? I looked up the dates. Uh, Sword Art Online was self-published from 2002 to 2008 and became a light novel in 2009 and is still running to this day. Log Horizon started as a light novel, uh, actually novel series uh, from 2010 up to now, with the light novel running from 2011 to 2018. I don't know what mm -hmm. the difference between the novel series and the light novel are, but either way, Sword Art Online has been around longer technically, but Log Horizon definitely is doing it a lot better than Log Sword Horizon Art Online. also had a weird hiatus <laughs> that the anime started in 2013, season two was in 2014, and then it just stopped, and we sort of thought this was going to be all right. It, it was uh, either not successful enough or they didn't want to make more and they didn't, but then we got season three Last year in 2021, it finally came back and it was very nice. I was very happy. I gotta say, I love the character designs in it too. Like there's there's something about that main character. Like there's a sort of aesthetic that uh again, like I love dot hacks. So if I see something that kind of reminds me of it, and like that main character just kind of he's he's like a slimmed down version of Oban in uh the GU uh roots uh uh arc i guess you could say or era yeah. and it's a very Godhead. cerebral show that this is the story of log horizon is of a smart person doing smart things which is as always my jam that this is like he reminds me of light and lelouch in the way that he it, it ends up being more of a politics anime than a battle mm. anime and that's one of the other things i like that they are building a society it's not just oh we're fighting monsters and don't get me wrong there's plenty of fighting monsters but that it's it's a really interesting social anime. But yeah. anyways, uh, I should stop just to plug I mean, in Log uh, Horizon. Go watch Log Horizon. I, I, I will say uh, the mechanic in that first episode of how they're so used to when they play the games, pulling up menus to do attacks and stuff like that. And he goes, just move. Don't bother with the menus. What? You're going to get my character killed? It's like, no, man, you are the character. Just do the things that the menu would make you do yeah, that as yourself. Have, that, that's one of the big <laughs> things here of getting into the gamification, that they have the menu, they have the UI, and it is functional, mostly. And that they have things like targeting and these experience points and that there are uh, enemy loot drops and such and that you still have all this. But then it does a very interesting... Uh, sort of uh almost a fake out in that the characters are able to do a lot of things without the ui and that there are certain things that happen that are better or worse so uh, i forget if it's episode one or two but one of the things is if you use a cooking skill to combine uh ingredients and create food the food will be tasteless it will have full nutritional value but it will just be bland however if you take the ingredients and just properly cook them, they will taste like they should. Yeah. So they have this interesting sort of disconnect between the skills and reality in this reality. Meanwhile, in something like Sword Art Online, everything seems to be pretty much automated that they have, once again, the UI sort of holograms that appear. 
Uh, obviously, the classic uh, shot of the uh, logout button not being functional. Um, and it's been a while since I watched Sword Art, but I don't think they had levels in that one, that they had skills and such, but uh, that there wasn't like an experience point or bar or numerical leveling system in that one. Uh, hopping over for Konosuba, they have explicit stats that there's the whole thing of they go to this uh, the guild house and they get their stat sheets and appraisers and all that. And Aqua has very high magic ability. And we see that Cosma just has garbage stats all around except for luck. <laughs> and that these are just uh, sort of that in that world, stats are very similar to DNA or just genetics of yeah. you were born with these inherent things that there are some things that you can influence, but uh, but that your base stats and your inherent proficiency or perhaps not proficiency, but um, aptitude for certain skills are innate to who you are. Mm. I feel like uh, that's also similar to, and I only watched uh, the first episode of it. I, I couldn't get into it. Maybe I'll watch it again later, especially which, if they do uh, a Which one is this? Uh, Konosuba? The, no, actually, somehow gotten stronger when I improved my farm-related skills. Oh, yeah. That well, one. I haven't seen that one at all because that, that at this point is just... <laughs> yeah, I, I decided just out of curiosity because of the subject of uh, gamification, you know, in, in the sense that, like, in the, uh, in the trailer, you see him pull up a menu. And sure enough, yeah, they... They straight up just go like, oh, hey, my my warrior abilities are at this many points now. And I'm like, that is so weird. Like, I'm trying to imagine how that would be in real life after you do something, being able to pull up a menu and see like if you it like like Skyrim, the memes from Skyrim, like, you know, uh, for for uh, stealth 100 and stuff yeah. like that, like what kind of world would we be living in if it were like that? And I think that that's kind of what that one is almost parodying to a degree is that somehow farming just made him powerful at everything else i mean it can make sense you can build yeah, muscles that, doing yeah, something that you get else, super but. strong from that and that then if you're going to be fighting you're using those same muscles that there is an amount of logic there uh on the other side of it all with sort of a similar concept that it's right in the title it's i killed slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level that Oh boy, are we not being subtle about having these <laughs> mechanics here? That I forget, you did not see that one, correct, Jace? No, I didn't. I didn't. It was a very fun little show, and this was not an isekai. That this was, you know, you live in this world, and that you uh, do stuff, and that. Oh wait, no, sorry, this was an isekai. Scratch that. It was an isekai. My bad. Um, but basically, the girl just wants to live a quiet life in the countryside, and sets up this small farm for herself in just not really a backwater town, but it's a very rural town. Um, she lives on the outskirts and is sort of known as a bit of a witch because, well, she actually is just a magical witch. And as part of her daily routine that she would go out and kill some of the slimes in the area in the forest. Just these are the low level mob monsters. Very easy yeah. in that even from the beginning, she's not struggling against them. It's just, okay, these are the local pests and I'm going to make sure that I don't get a super big infestation, but naturally they're going to repopulate because that's what they do. So just going to you know, go out for a little bit every day, kill a couple slimes, 
go back and relax the rest of the day. And that over the years, time skipped naturally, she <laughs> at some point goes and uh, is trying to register for something. Um, and uh, they're like, okay, if you can put your hand here so we can get your registration, you'll, we'll get your level and everything. And they see that they are at this absurdly high level of actual experience points because it's the same concept as, uh, you know, South Park killing boars in World of Warcraft, that if you kill yep. these low-level things, even if they're two experience points each, if you do that for 300 years every single day, <laughs> every single week, every single month, that you're just going to eventually accumulate this absurd amount of power. And that she unknowingly, similar to uh, this farming one, has maxed out her level and that then it you know becomes a bit of a power fantasy, but also... Uh, a bit of a found family story, and it's very cute and wholesome and fluffy and funny. Uh, nothing to write home about, but yeah. it was a fun enough watch if that's what you're in the mood for. And they do have an interesting amount of things in there that are uh, gamified, that there's uh, classes and everything, that you have certain items, and obviously you have the experience point stats, which is sort of a, that initial crux of the anime. Hmm. Um... So I didn't watch this one either, but I've heard the title before. Maybe you watched it. Um, the uh, what was it? Uh, I maxed out my defense. That oh one? yeah, that one's super gamey. Uh, I maxed yeah, out my defense because yeah. I didn't want to get hurt. Bofuri. That was, I believe, it was our number ten or nine anime of the year for the year that it was released. Huh. Um, very cute, very fun, and hmm. uh, very power scaly. That that had a combination of points involved and the whole thing was all right uh it's a game and one of the things here is that this is not an isekai that you see the character out of the world and she spends a lot of her free time in this game and all the time that we spend with her as the character essentially is in the game but there are a couple scenes here and there where you see her at school talking with her friends or that uh you know she's in her room video chatting with others so they aren't trapped that is never a point. Yeah. One of the things that Mario and I just loved with uh, Bofuri is just it was a fun show of fun friends having fun times. And that even though there was in-game conflicts, that it was just, all right, yeah, we're all being super competitive in game. But no one's saying that if you mess this up, you're going to die or that the yeah, world's yeah. going to end. And that it just wound up being this, you know. Oh, so they're uh, like, what was the pitch for that? All right. So we've got this girl who's in a video game. Oh, I get it. So she's going to be stuck in the game. No, no. She's just there having fun with her friends. And uh, she encounters these others. Oh, so there's going to be big rivals and fights. No, she's just having fun with her friends. Uh, there's some of these other characters here that uh, antagonize her a bit. Oh, they're probably trying to take over the world, aren't they? No, they're just a couple of trolls in the game. This is mostly about her having fun with friends. And that's just the whole <laughs> damn thing. And it was really nice. But wow. they, a lot of that is built off of different points, but also skills. And that the whole thing is she becomes a defender class. And the way she kills her first enemy is that the enemy keeps trying to attack her. And it doesn't do any damage. And it just wears itself out. And it actually gets to the point where it reduces its own hit points to zero because it just keeps going. And hmm. so she gets a higher level and she's like, well, I'm going to invest all my points into defense. Going to keep doing that. And by combination of accident and incident, 
that she just starts gaining more and more levels. And then she gets these different skills that allow her to use her defensive skills somewhat offensively. And there's a whole extra thing of the developers of the game didn't intend it to be done. Mm. That there are scenes of the developers who are, you know, still being able to see the world that they've made and keep track of the players. And they're like, uh, so this, this player's doing this thing. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't program it that way or rather mean to program it that way. It's technically possible. This isn't a glitch, but this was not design intent. Huh. And, you know, back to the writer's room. Oh, so the developers are now going to be the true villains of all of it. And they're going to try and take her down. No, they just say, well, she did it legally. So we'll let her have it. Huh. They, they literally just sort of shoulder shrug and like, wow, that's weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a fun show it's very fun i'll, I'll have to go um, yeah. uh, i'll have to go and check that out um it's it's funny because this it kind of made me think because this one is one where you know that they're playing a game um this one is a game that presents its anime in the world of the game more like a like say kind of high schoolish drama practically fantasy star in line to the animation the, ti the title literally tells you it's the animation of, of the, the mmo game. game but of the game i and here's the funny thing i didn't watch this on high dive i didn't watch it on crunchyroll i watched it for because this was when i was playing the game uh i i used to play it on pc couldn't move my character over from PC to the PS4 when the game came over to PS4 because my PC doesn't run it anymore. And that made me sad because I had a pretty beast character on PC. But I started playing all over again. And at the time, they get this one place where you can go where events happen, like digital concerts and stuff like that. And uh, at the time, at a certain point in the day, every so many hours, you could go to this main plaza and they played on a screen in that plaza episodes and they played the all 12 of them of the anime subbed in english on the screen That's in the game so, so you, could, you could be playing <laughs> the game watching the anime of the game yeah it is the most ridiculous thing ever but sure enough that's what got me to because when they did that they also simultaneously threw up all the episodes onto youtube that's and now cool i don't think the episodes are on anywhere now like i don't think they're on uh crunchy roll or high oh no they moved back to high dive i guess they were taken off of high dive temporarily when they were on youtube for free on the official pso site uh on youtube but yeah they had all 12 episodes playing in the game and so yeah this is a very weird situation where you have a game turned into an anime that's but how much does the anime incorporate elements of the game? And I, I feel like we're kind of cheating here since it's just an adaptation of a game. But sometimes you see game adaptations that have they no discernible mention little things here and there because like they're talking about like the skills and like certain things. It's it's like somewhat of an advertisement for the game, but also trying to be its own story. It is it is a it is the weirdest pitch that somebody could ever make to try to sell things. Basically, like if, if you like fantasy star online, you're going to love the anime just because it's like, aha, I get the references. I've played the game. If you've never played the game before, I mean, like 
you might enjoy it as a kind of slice of lifey high school action like sci-fi series but other than that like it's just kind of it, it feels weird on that meta level to a degree because they do make slight overt references to gameplay mixed into the actual like storytelling it just kind of feels out of place unlike the other examples we've had this is like if if watching the anime of the game in the game is meta then them making references to the game mechanics in the anime of the game in the game like we're we're now going like beyond meta like Mark Zuckerberg would be like doubling over and exploding with how meta we've gone. <laughs> Another one that is uh, pretty well known, obviously similar to some others that we've mentioned is so that time I was reincarnated as a slime mm. that you have the whole first episode really of him just grinding up and gaining levels and gaining skills to the point where he ends up having this, not quite AI assistant spirit thing. And it's that uh, there is a whole thing. If you watch a show of new skill acquired or skill evolved and that uh, you see him going through these skill trees and developing his abilities and that they are very much uh, mechanical in the sense that it is not something that, oh, I'm going to train to learn how to do this thing. It is, no, you have now unlocked this thing. You are bestowed with the ability and can instantly use it with perfect proficiency. Huh. So, uh, I, I don't know, like, when I see games, like, or, or rather anime like that, there's a part of me that just wants to play a game instead sometimes because there's something so satisfying about filling out or mm -hmm. customizing a skill tree. So oh, when yeah. you see a character make a certain decision doing that in a story, you kind of just go, why didn't you pick that, though? Oh, well, so <laughs> in, in this case, it's not decisions. that it, You don't hmm. see the different tree options. It's just yeah. he's doing things and at some point stumbles upon whatever the prerequisites are and is told you've unlocked the thing. Huh. Yeah, that he, he does not see the possibilities. He does not know what exists as a skill before he has acquired it. That's interesting, actually. So, <laughs> sudden sudden realization, it, you gain the skill. Like, But the, oh, the way I he acquires things is logical, that as a slime, one of the things he's able to... Well, the one skill he starts off with is called Predator, and that it, he is mm. able to consume others and get their skills. So he uh, so is... So he's Mega Man. Sort of, yes. <laughs> that, you know, if he, if he fights and defeats a snake that he can absorb them and now have some poison abilities. Uh, and Blue Mage and Final Fantasy, yeah. Similar to that, and that, that's yeah. where a lot of the early development of the character's skills comes into play of just he's, you know, going through the world and beating all these things. You see this similarly, but not as effectively in Reincarnated as a sword, which I railed against earlier in the season because mm. its entire first episode, mechanically speaking, is almost shot for shot the same as Slime's first episode, but Slime just made it so much more satisfying. The way it presented everything was a lot better. The visuals were about the same quality. It, Slime's very pretty, but it's not that a sword was not pretty, but uh, it was a really interesting compare-contrast uh, compare situation yeah. with how well Slime was able to just 
get the subtleties of writing that type of episode, whereas I felt Sword just fell flat. Maybe falling flat was supposed to be the joke. Maybe, but well, <laughs> one of the things, honestly, one of the things that got me in Sword, they used more numbers. They threw all these numbers on screen of, you know, skills increased from this to this. And, uh, you know, obviously big numbers make brain go burr. But <laughs> one of the things I think works better in Slime's favor is there are no numbers. It's just skill. Here's the skill. Here's this new ability that you have to look forward to. Whereas the sword, it had some abilities, but some of it was just number. And but yes, we are now justifying with these completely arbitrary numbers that you have no reason or context for to say, yes, he is powerful. Mm. This powerful sword, big number. Yes. Strong. <laughs> That's basically the difference. Whereas in slime, it was, Hey, you can now do this thing. And it shows them using the skill and that there's also just more variety and flavor. I think in the skills that slime had versus sword, which is slishy slashy swish mm. slash. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it seems like, in that case, like we're making big number mean strong character. It it's the kind of meta joke that you see in something, say like one punch man, you know, like where he, he there aren't even numbers to apply to it. But in this case, they just throw numbers to go. Yes. Super strong. Here's the yeah. joke. Laugh. <laughs> Please laugh. Please the, laugh. Uh, the, the infamous uh, Simpsons. That's the joke. Thanks, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, oh, no, wait, that uh, wasn't Schwarzenegger. I'm sorry. I'm from, uh, anyways. Rainier, uh, Rainier Wolfcastle. Yes, yes, uh, thank you. That was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, sometimes I feel like when they try to do the RPG jokes like that, um, it's, it's one of those things where um, it's kind of very blunt and obvious um and it's it's supposed to take parody to an extreme it's sort of the thing that you would expect to see in a gag anime more well, than a I, I don't know if series. it's necessarily that that i think part of it is just well a lot of folks who are into anime are also into rpgs that going back to it so i'm a spider so what it's mm. it's probably it is similar to slime and sword and i would call it in between the two frankly but it's a, another thing where you have a lot of skills and stats and level ups and, you know, new abilities because it's and Isekai, where the character has turned into something non-human and starts as very weak and gets very strong. Yeah. And it's it's strange that something so hyper specific has become a legitimate subgenre unto itself. But here we are. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Spider, uh, that, the, the gamification there is closer to slime than to sword, but the gamification, as I mentioned, is still very much there. It's another yeah. skill acquired type of situation. I, I find it kind of funny, actually, because like be, being like the old school nerd that I am, whether it be video games or anime or whatever, um, as my collection stares at me every single time we're recording, um, I see other fantasies in front of me that are inspired by, say, the tropes of Dungeons and Dragons and Ultima, you know, like Western RPG types of swords and sorcery and dragons. This was back in a time before, I guess you could say the, uh, you know, before the gamification as far as video games are concerned with levels and skill trees and stuff. They existed in pen and paper. 
they existed in early video games, but they weren't as complex or, uh, you know, I guess you could say tropey as they are nowadays. So it's interesting to see how it's evolved from being something like Record of Lodos War, where it's very serious or, you know, uh, Bastard, which is still a comedy, you know, but also very serious fantasy, no meta references to numbers or anything like that, or even a gag fantasy type situation with Slayers, uh, where there's sort of a sliding power scale of sorts. You know, there's there's the powerful character, you know, and, and literally a list of known spells in the world, so to speak, that are tied to different deities and monsters and demons and stuff like that. But we've shifted now from that to a character either legit knowing numbers or knowing a specific list or even just in the premise of the show um, from the few episodes I watched of it. Um, and then I dropped it because it was just too moe for me. Um, RPG real estate where yeah. it's in the title alone, RPG, but they go super meta because yes, they are living in this fantasy world. It is the world around them. It's not like an isekai or something, but they straight out call numbers and stuff like that to things. And like, it's less a trope and more the world they live in is actually like governed by the level so-and-so this. And it's like, wow, this is incredibly weird. Like, <laughs> I really could not get into the show because it was way too moy for me. But yet again, if, if it maybe wasn't for that fan servicey moe, like kind of creeping me out, I would have liked to have seen where it would go because it was also kind of interesting. The idea of running a real estate business in a fantasy world is, yeah, is kind of a unique is, idea. I wanted it to be more real estate-y and like, you know, business-y. But it's, it was uh, it was just, oh, we have this person who needs to find a home. Let us find the place that is right for them. And it was almost vignettes and stories, but also the characters, the designs were, eh. Yeah, yeah, very uh, moy blob. So I I wanted Dungeons and Dragons meets Monopoly, kind of, <laughs> so to speak, in a weird That'd way. Be like interesting. So, so, hey, studios, we're writing this concept for you, you know, come on, it's super yeah, easy, uh -huh. it's right there. You know, it's an original idea, go ahead, do it. Just, uh, you know, throw some money, you know, maybe, uh, maybe mention us in the credits. <laughs> yeah. uh you have decadence from uh a year or two ago which well it was a game hmm. but they didn't actually have game elements so i kind of wanted to just shout that out as like hey it's sort of a weird one that exists but uh it's not too much that if anything that's sort of one that's interesting of for being a game an actual in-universe game that they did not really employ game mechanics huh that's interesting, actually. So it's an in-universe game that doesn't use game mechanics. Yeah, well, because the whole focus of the game wasn't on the players of the game. It was about the game's AI, or not the AI, the NPCs. Oh. Um, because the, the whole reveal is the, the first episode, you see this world and this, these big battles, and then it's revealed in the beginning 
the cold open of episode two, it is revealed that everything that you've just been seeing is a game. It's basically this big virtual amusement park and that mm. all these other characters that we've been following are NPCs, that they're programs. And it's sort of the, um, the AI question yeah. of, you know, are they real? Are they just programs? Where is the line that yeah, these, yeah. these programs have lives and they seem to have an amount of sentience and an amount of free will that is allowed within their programming. But at the same time, if they start to deviate from their programming too much, they become bugs or rather mm. they become classified as bugs by the program and basically sent to a correctional facility. Huh? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It was a show that it, it had really big potential. I feel like that it, it was doing such interesting things that it could have been amazing. And instead it was just, okay. It wasn't bad. It just, mm. it didn't capitalize on its concepts as much as I had hoped it would. Man, it's, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, like I just looked it up. It's an original too. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like that, it does sound like it has a lot of potential. It does. It falls in line with a lot of concepts that you would see in things like, you know, dot hack or sort out, you know, with like a rogue AI in the in the programming. But in those cases, it's a I'm trapped in the game world type of thing. But this is you're seeing it from like NPCs and that sort of thing going on. It's it's rather interesting. And it had me thinking, actually, of uh, all, all this talk about, like, you know, isekai and stuff like that. Last season's uh, Yurei De uh, Deko, uh, which they lived in a real world that was also a VR world. Of yeah, sorts. it was. It was this sort of strange virtual reality, social Augmented commentary, reality. currency thing. Yeah. I didn't actually keep up with it, but you did, correct? It was. It was a great story uh, with a very Truman Show esque twist at the end, um, and. Yeah, like, I don't want to spoil it. It definitely twisted in ways that I did not expect that show to go in. Um, it is it is definitely some eye candy. It's the sort of thing that you would not expect from something on television. It's more akin to something like Summer Wars. Um, and that's what makes it so impressive that it's Summer Wars on a TV budget, basically, kind of. But, like, yeah, the fact that it was, okay, is this a real world? Or is this just a world in which, like, it's an actual, like, island? They never really fully answer it by the end of it, on top of it all. Which leaves me going, like, will there be more to this? But the fact that they had both a virtual world that they could go into, but then they could also be the virtual world in the real world by also wearing those goggles, the decos, which in turn made everything like a cross between virtual reality and augmented reality. So VR and AR all at once, man, like now that is what Mark Zuckerberg wishes the metaverse could be. <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting because it was like, you know, they threw on the goggles and they handled everything through transactions with love, you know, which was more of a social media type thing. It is such a bizarre like I, I would like to see more done in that universe, but outside of that initial Truman Show-esque story that they did with it. Uh, but still weird because it's a stat that you could see how much everybody had. Like, imagine if you were walking around in real life and you could see how much money people had. You know? Yeah, like, that's, that's really weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the fact that like you just tipped people if they did something you liked or something. It's like, hey man, you know, here's here, here's here's twenty five cents. You know, you see it go up on them. Oh, that's cool. You hey, gave you them twenty five okay, cents. Here's ten cents. Like, yeah. hey, you go, kid, don't spend it all in one place. Yeah, is <laughs> you know, I, if I was the if I was working there, I'd be like, buy something, will you? <laughs> what are you buying? Uh, but yeah, it's it's certainly a unique concept in which a user interface exists among real life that people can see and interact with that uh, I feel kind of fits into it because it's not an RPG world. It's not an isekai. Like, it's just a weird take on that. Like, now it just has me kind of creeped out going like, OK, if we do live in a simulation, what numbers are above my head right now? Mm. <laughs> Uh, after after the few years I had with that time skip, now I really do wonder if I'm in a simulation or not. So uh, this whole year. oh no, does that mean? Well, that, that's the whole question of if you are. Does that mean that I myself am an NPC? Because that that's the whole thing. For in general, everyone in life except for you is an NPC. Yeah, that technically that technically is true because. You can't control another person, therefore mm -hmm. you are not playing them. Yep. So, and essentially, in every job you fulfill, you are the NPC in the scenario. Yep. So, uh, simulation theory enough to make anyone's head spin, and enough to make any anime isekai get even more convoluted than it could already get to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm trying to think if there are any more animes though that overtly draw your eye to a specific statistic or something outside of a sight gag. You know, outside of a one-off moment where they just decide to use that as a haha, the character just had an epiphany or somebody just learned something, but it's the only time in the show that they ever do that joke. Like, you know, I, I'm trying to think of any other good examples. There's there's a couple. I'm just trying to think of ones that don't follow the ones we've already discussed very closely. That yeah. there's a lot of other game or sorry, there's a lot of other anime that have references to video games or that use them in a big way that, you know, recovery of an MMO junkie, but that's not mm -hmm. them living in that world that the game is in that place, in that case, sort of uh a plot point or a plot device, rather. Um yeah. You have a lot of different East guys, as we mentioned, that you have Overlord, which is sort of a uh, there was a skeleton knight in another world, which uh, once mm -hmm. again is going to be, you know, it, it's another isekai and that you have the levels or all the skills rather that it, when he's trapped in there, he already has all of the skills that he uses. So it's not as much of a uh, a gaining power. It is just a display of power. Um, but that. Uh, I forget which show it was. Um, it may have been shoot. I forget which one it was, but there was the one of the shows had a concept of character classes and abilities, and it was that you know there were certain things that people couldn't and couldn't do, and that it was similar again to genetics of uh, that you were born as a certain class. Uh, sometimes you could gain a certain class, but that you could only have one class at a time. And that there was this like forbidden potion that would let you change things, but it also caused 
like mood swings that it was essentially steroids. Huh. Um, I'm just blanking on which one this was. Shoot. I think this might have been um banished from the hero's party. That might have huh. been it. I think it was banished from the hero's party. Because that one is not an isekai. That is just fantasy world. But it is, you know, all right, we have parties and we have heroes and we have adventurers going on an adventure. And then the fact that they sort of shoehorned in classes as uh, this just world mechanic when it is not virtual. That's what it was because it, that's why it stuck out to me. Um, okay, yeah. And that's like uh, this season Beast Tamer as well because the whole story revolves around a guy whose literal class is Beast Tamer. And he was a member of the Heroes Party, which in, in turn makes it sound very meta to begin with because, you know, RPGs have a party of characters. Each one has a class, you know, and but they all thought they were better than him because they thought his skills were a small little skill set when secretly when done properly, his skill set was extremely OP. Of and course, all, all he ever did was temporary pacts with the local fauna and everything. And it wasn't until he made permanent pacts with the cat girl and the dragon girl, you know, and they're bound to him. Oh, so he, it's a harem one, too. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's also a harem. Uh, strangely wholesome in a lot of ways, though, too, because, like, he, it's 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 very much the I am the chivalrous guy. I do not want to stay in a hotel room for the night with you because you're a woman, you know, type of thing. And, like, that they introduce, I think, in the third episode, straight up that uh, moment happens. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to stay here. And she's like, no, no, you can, you're perfectly fine. Like, the innkeeper legit just thinks that they're a couple. But the, the twist in it is, unlike all the little helpful animal friends, you know, Cinderella style, it's like, oh, thanks for helping, Mr. B. Woodland critters. Yeah, instead of the helpful wooden critter, uh, woodland critters, the dragon girl and the cat girl he then gains power equivalent to them. So before he could like make a little tiny, like lighter type flame, his fireball was kind of like, yay, poof, here's a little, I started a fire, yeah, but he makes the contract with the dragon girl and she teaches him how to harness magic. And now suddenly he is shooting massive freaking ginormous flame balls out of his hand. Or he made the, uh, uh, the contract with the cat girl, from the the full length of the title, uh, the title character, Cat Girl, um, like he makes the compact with her. Suddenly, he is super strong and can do martial arts type moves and stuff like that. As he gains their powers upon making a permanent contract. In theory, if he made permanent contracts with, like, say, bears and stuff like that, he'd probably have their powers too. But he sees them oh, because they're. Thank you for reminding me of Kuma 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 Bear. Oh. Which translates to bear, 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 bear. <laughs> Clearly inspired by the uh, the polar bear. Yeah, uh, and they and had the miniseries Bear, 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 Kuma. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> joking. I'm not joking. They had uh, a short series that was called Bear, 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 Kuma for maybe it Kuma, was inspired Kuma, Kuma, by uh, Badger, 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 Mushroom. Not quite, but in <laughs> Kuma, 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 Bear, you have this character that um, this is once again. They know they are playing a video game and um, that she was I, I forget why she got access to this special bear Kigurumi, but basically uh. it's a super powerful item and uh, she's just able to use a lot of different magic and skills and abilities that have to do with bears. 
it's a fun one. It's cute. It's again, OP. Um, they don't have as many numbers in that one, but there is the concept of items and like, uh, you know, uh, crafting, uh, crafting very much in the video game sense and, you know, getting different sorts of resources and joining the guild. And uh, yeah, so it, it's a fun one. But anyways, I'm not realizing that we've actually rambled long enough that we're actually a little bit over time. Oops. Oops. So, uh, we'll oh, yeah, just and, edit that a little bit. <laughs> eh, whatever. But uh, as always, there's so much more than what we've discussed today that this is just sort of scratching the surface type of things. Uh, these are the major players, or at least for us mentally, the ones that we think of first when you think of these certain tropes. Uh, we're getting toward the end of the year, so we're actually going to be starting probably next month doing some of our own best ofs. That Jace had a couple fun ideas. I won't spoil them yet, but even before we start discussing our anime of the year contenders, we're probably going to start exploring a couple other categories of favorites. So I'm very much looking for that, looking forward to that. But anyways, thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, this is episode 132 of D Kai. Uh, you can check out our sponsor, Image Anime, at imageanime.com and use the code DESCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on orders of $100 or more. And you can get Digital Era Entertainment merchandise at merch.streamelements.com slash Entertainment. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And on YouTube, you can see our trailer for Kokorono Pro, the upcoming wrestling visual novel being headed up by Mario and RJ. I'll be back next week, as always, on Thursday and Friday. Uh, we have next weekend our, uh, sorry, our Bob's Burgers Thanksgiving Stravaganza radio drama. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, if you've never seen Bob's Burgers, I hadn't really seen more than any of this, like a half episode before I started working on the script. It's fun and silly. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, for the radio uh, drama pretty, crew. Uh, pretty funny show. I think everybody's going to enjoy performing at it. That's actually a really good impression. That's actually really good. <laughs> so I can't help it. We're from the same state. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's from Worcester. Yeah, gotcha. All righty. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Goodbye, everybody. Mm -hmm.